In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. So today, I wanted to start off by asking you something that I feel like I say this every time. I'm pretty sure we've not discussed this, which is, do you have much interest or did you ever have much interest in any kind of a life simulation game? Like, did you ever get into The Sims um, no. would you, do you have any interest in virtual reality or a virtual reality sim g- game or experience? Um, no, I <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, video games in general, and I know this VR is a little different and like what you're asking is a little different, but all of that type of stuff really has never I don't know what it is. It never interests me. The Sims never interest me. Um, that farm, what is that farm bot or what the hell is that one? That oh, that like farm. Remember, there's like that farm game that like yeah. And I know yeah. that's not really like Sim. It was sort of Sims adjacent because you like built your like garden or your whatever. Yeah. Um, I was never into that. I was never into like the what was it? Animal Crossing was another one. I also don't oh, really yeah. quite know what the deal was with that one. There is an actual um, thing called Farming Simulator, just so you know. But you remember that there was like a specific Yeah, one was it called like Facebook. Farm Life or Farmville, I think. Farmville, Farmville or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Okay. So yeah, I've never been into that and like VR, like the real like quote unquote better VR that's coming out now where you like have the headset and yeah. like you're in a world. Um, the only VRs that I've done like that because our neighbors do have a, one of those VR headsets, the only games I've played on it are Fruit Ninja. <laughs> that and, seems like a perfect um, virtual reality game. That one is fun, I'll say, because you're just, like, slicing stuff in the air. That's fun. Sure. Okay. And then the the other one is a game that I'm not even sure what the game is called, but it's, like, um, sort of akin to Guitar Hero where it's Mm. a song is playing and you're, like, uh, hitting stuff along with the beat-ish. Oh, okay. So... So that and even those like I'd rather like watch someone play it like I'm not super into like playing it myself even though you don't get the same experience just watching it but yeah I mm, no the answer is no I've never been into any of those yeah I mean have you no and I guess maybe it's maybe our, our 
quote unquote problem is because from what I've gathered from my very brief now look at farming simulation games that I just took, um, <laughs> like I think the entry point for those simulations is to enjoy video games to start with. And, yeah. and so this is bad because like, this is someone who doesn't play video games talking about this, but I guess what I would imagine to be the case is that when you already like a video game, it you're already putting, you're already taking that imaginative leap into a, a, the world of that game. Yeah. And you enjoy it and you enjoy it if it's a first person shooter game and you enjoy it if it's something kind of more like a mystery puzzle game and you enjoy it if it's like a more traditional, I don't know, like stand up arcade game style thing. Like mm-hmm. all of it, like, and, and I know people who like video games, some people really do have stronger preferences of being like, I know I kind of only like a first person shooter game. I only like this kind of thing. Sure. So forth. So. Yeah, absolutely. So you're already, but to be in any of those, you already have accepted and enjoyed the concept of being in a simulated reality of some persuasion to be in the game. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like if your so, favorite is first person shooter, you might want to look at like. I some, know. There's some troubles what, there. What's going on there. Um, <laughs> but like, so so I can see as an outgrowth of that, somebody being like, oh, I don't even really want to play a game. I just want to be in the world that the game suggests, right? So that's like the simulation part, I think. Yeah. But I'll admit, like, for me, it doesn't hold much excitement or appeal. It's so... It's so weird because I've had, like, points in my life where, like, video games were more present. (laughs) It was never my doing. It was never, like, of my... Choice. I mean, I guess, like, yeah. You were just assaulted via video game. Sort of. Like, other people are just, like, super into it. So, like, by osmosis, I'm like, okay, I'm okay with this, right? Mm. Or, like, I I I can get into some of the ones that are, like... RPG like role playing games where there's like a whole story and like some that are all it's almost like a movie and you get to or like choose your own adventure like if you do this thing then like that the next thing happens and it's like a whole storyline is built like I can kind of get into it but only for a but but only for a very specific amount of time and definitely like I was never I was always bad at them, like the ones where you actually had to have like coordination to like be like Mario Kart, those types of ones where it's like right. oh, you have to like jump up and get the thing and squat down to do that, and you have to press this button to do the this, and this button means that. no. I was never, I was good at like the Sega, my Sega Genesis or Sega whatever the heck, and played like Sonic. Mm. I, I, I genuinely enjoyed Sonic for a bit when I was a kid, but. Yeah, I just, like, I don't know. There, I do feel like there's, like, there's some type of... Maybe I'm missing, like, some type of brain chemistry. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think... Well, let's just assume we're all missing some sort of brain chemistry at this point in our lives. Um, <laughs> but... True. Uh, yeah, I guess for me, what... I mean, and this can lead us into what we're talking about today... 
Uh, I guess I don't see the the enjoyment or the fun because like my fun might not even be the right word. I just don't get what is pleasurable necessarily about being in a simulation about anything. Um, and you know, maybe I don't, and I don't think it's necessarily because I have like no imagination or creativity, but like, I'm just like, if I'm going to sit here and relax, I guess that's the difference is like, and this is where maybe we would agree. I get that from looking at a movie, a TV or a movie. Yeah. I'm like, that's, that's like my escape is just watching that and letting it fade over me rather than putting myself yeah. into me being a part something of something in the story or whatever. A hundred percent. Well, because I was thinking about like in the context of, and we'll say what we're talking about in a second, <laughs> in the context of this show, I was thinking like I would sit back and watch the this the show within the show, if right. for lack of a better word, but I don't. I don't want to be like physically feeling the punches or, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be part of that. You know, same thing. I love watching horror movies. I love watching like ridiculous, like people get like chopped up and that sounds crazy. (laughs) But I don't want to be a part of that. Like, I don't want to actively be as if I'm in that world. No, thank you. I'd like the, I like the separation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to See You Next Week in Space. I am Sarah Walsh, and I'm here with my sister and co-host, Amy Walsh. Amy, why don't you tell everyone what we're talking about today? Well, we're talking about a show called The Peripheral. Peripheral. Yeah, it's <laughs> a little bit of a challenge. Um, yeah. Um, which is from 2022... The specific episode we watched was the pilot, which originally aired in October of 2022. That's right. Um, And the IMDb description of this show is as follows. Set in the future when technology has subtly altered society, a woman discovers a secret connection to an alternate reality as well as a dark future of her own. Um, Hmm. Yeah, we haven't really seen... The second part of the description in this yeah. episode. Um, well, I will say, just like for transparency, as always, I'm we not sure. Stand I by transparency show. in this <laughs> podcast. Yeah, I like to tell. I like to tell on myself a lot, which is like I'm an you idiot, do, and I you undercut <laughs> yourself regularly. Well, I just don't know that I understood this show. There was a lot, like I do. Um, Science fiction takes me a while to like. Sure. These these worlds are harder for my brain to like wrap around. So I was sure. a little confused by who everyone was. Like what? That's fair. Was I didn't know exactly. anyone's name for quite a while. No, I still don't. <laughs> I know her name is Chloe Grace Moretz. That's what I know. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's perfectly acceptable. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like the episode, and I. I don't like to choose the pilot of something very often, but I felt mm-hmm. that in this case, if we had gone further in than the pilot, we'd both be like underwater so quickly WTF. that it would just be like, yeah. 
I don't even think there's anything useful to say here. Like, yeah. Um, so basically, the part of that description that we've seen as a result of the pilot is the future when technology has subtly altered society. So, like, yeah, the period of time that we're mostly going to be in in this episode today is in the year 2032. So, you know, 10 years in the future. And, um, yeah, and I think that some of what we'll discuss about this, probably, like, especially in terms of, like, the kinds of gameplay that we see depicted, it it seems very reasonable for nine years from now. Sure. Um, Some of the other stuff maybe is a little bit more heightened for the purpose of, you know, drama, but... We'll see. Um, Yeah. So this is also, there's not much on this TV show, like, out in the world. Um, And I think that's partially because it's new and partially because um, it was set up to start having a second season. But then that got canceled as a result of the SAG-AFTRA strike, which is still ongoing. Um, that sucks. And so, I did hear some like little, I've, I've never heard of this show before. And then I heard, I saw either online or somewhere people being a little upset that it was not getting its second season thinking that it deserved it. Well, because from what I gathered when I was looking around online, it ends on a cliffhanger. Oh, that's the worst. So that's part of it. But I will say like, I didn't manage to watch any more episodes of this this week uh, because uh, I was I was on strike at work, so there's that. Um, and just for our listeners, Junior it wasn't strong. yeah, it wasn't just like me alone saying I'm not doing work. It was um, a I, massive that's me at work. <laughs> yeah, you're constantly I'm not in a union, se- so that's just me. Yeah, you're just on a secret strike most of the time. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. So in that sense, I su- like, of course, I support the SAG after strike. Um, and this is one of, this is precisely one of the things that strikes are meant to do, which is disrupt what the product is, you know? Um, yeah. And this show in particular is, yeah. And this show in particular is on a streaming platform. So that's a huge part of the strike. Right. Um, And it was like fully, it never existed elsewhere. It only was an Amazon prime show. Um, and as we know, um, the people who are running uh, the streaming platforms who can who are still making billions of dollars a day even without any I new can't. content, um, they decided they were going to cancel this show. So I can't. you know that says I think all it needs to be said about who is on the right side and who is not. Um, yeah, and it's a shame because I will say, like, I this was a show where after the pilot, I was like, I could go back to this, um, and yeah. I probably will. Um, mm-hmm. Well, then you're gonna get all upset because it's gonna I know. have the I know cliffhanger, and then you get zippity doo after that. But you know, I guess what I'll say, one of the interesting things about where we are in the realm of content creation and delivery is that just because a show goes on hiatus for a long time doesn't mean it's gone forever. Um, Like... That's true. Like Futurama came back. And like all these other things like came back. So 
Um, it's true. Will and Grace. Will and <laughs> Grace Will came and Grace back. Moment. Um, <laughs> your favorite Criminal Minds came back. Like it's true. Um, so. So for you peripheral heads, those reboots are fun. Yeah. So for you peripheral heads, it may not really be the end forever. It may just be and especially goodbye for now. Yeah, and especially in a show where we're like bending time and like dealing with like time space continuum, it's okay if the actors like age a little bit. Yeah. Like it, it can make true, work. true. Yeah. Well, and especially because this show is only very loosely based on a book. From 2014, called um, the Peripheral as well. It's by a guy named William Gibson, mm. and so my understanding is is like they probably should say something like inspired by the book mm. <laughs> written by William Gibson. Um, be- and so that's the other thing is like my impression is that probably the first season, this season that exists now, probably stays fairly close to the plot of the book, but then. For season two, they were probably going to just be like, and now we've created the world and now we're just going to do our own thing, you know, like, because the book, yeah, that no longer kind of applies, was my impression. Um, In terms of today's episode, since we did just watch the pilot, we were only introduced to a handful of characters that we need to know for today. The first is um, Chloe Grace Moretz, who plays... Flynn Fisher. Um, Chloe Grace Moretz uh, is 26, or she was when this came out. Um, she's been famous for her. She's ever. been famous a long time because, in fact, her first credit, she would have been around seven when she had her Aww, first credit. She's cute. Um, she was That's a little cute. girl. She was, yeah, like a kid actor. So, like Amityville Horror remake, she's in that. Um, 500 Days of Summer. I don't, I've seen that movie. I don't recall what, that there was a kid in it, but I guess she was. Me neither. Um, her breakout role, I, I'm fairly certain is Kick-Ass. Um. Yeah, I Where she plays that. that little girl superhero lady. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's gone on to be in a variety of other things, uh, like Hugo, Neighbors 2 um, with Zac Efron and Seth Rogen. Um, oh, that's funny. More recently, she voiced the character Nimona in the animated film of the same name. Did you see that? I tried I to watch it, watch it. And then I fell asleep more than once trying to watch it. So I figured it probably oh, wasn't uh-oh. for me. <laughs> but yeah, that, sounds I like don't, maybe not. <laughs> um... And then she is in an upcoming Bonnie and Clyde biopic um, where she plays Bonnie Parker. So that probably will be pretty I could, good. Yeah, I could see that. I'm not sure, like, how into that I am, but I could see her as that. Yeah, I'm generally not a fan of, like, the crime guy biopic, usually. Well, there's um, just been so much on Bonnie and Clyde. I feel like we could pick, like, no offense, Sure. No fancy, but I feel like we've done them. But we haven't really, because like the last Bonnie and Clyde movie um, was like in the 60s. Um, Really? Yeah. I I mean, I guess guess I'm thinking because like there's a musical of it that I enjoy. Oh. (laughs) 
was like not popular, but uh, and that was more in like the early 2000s. So I think of that as the last thing, but I guess normal people wouldn't. No, because the Bonnie and Clyde movie. Well, okay, so there's the super famous Bonnie and Clyde with Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway. That's 1967. So that's 56 years ago. Um, and then there was another one in 2013, but that can't have been any good. Come on. Um, <laughs> yeah, there, I mean, it's it is impossible for it to be good. It, there, yeah, so there's a total of two, three, four. There have been four movie attempts. That's uh, a lot, which is a lot for sure. And it, but I, it is a genuinely good story. Um, particularly because like there's, they're actually very bad at the crime part of it. (laughs) Well, yeah. I um, mean, they got effing caught and killed. So like, uh, so, but yeah. And I could see, uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. She looks like totally a lot like how Bonnie looks. So I could see her doing that pretty well. Then we have, oh, go on. No, I just, and I think she's from, I don't know where she's from originally, but she has, she's good at that little, like, little twang accent yeah, thing. Yeah, which she's got in this one, for sure. Yeah, I think she might be from somewhere in the South. Okay. Um, then there's a character called Wilf Netherton, who only briefly appears in this episode. Um, and he's played by a 36-year-old Gary Carr, who's a British actor. Um, and I, he's, like... Had his first credit in 2009, but it's a pretty light set of credits for quite a while. Um, so I don't know if maybe he did like stage plays or something more than he did TV and movie stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But he was one of my favorite characters in a crime procedural coming out of the UK called Death in Paradise. He played Sergeant Fidel Best in that. Um, yeah, Death in Paradise, I don't know if that, I think that might be based on a series of novels, but it's very akin to, um, Agatha Christie and, um, Mm. uh, Murder, She Wrote-ish stuff where it's like this guy from, this very proper sergeant from Britain gets sent to a fake Caribbean island um, like it's fake because it doesn't actually exist because it's fictional, but like in the show or in the books, it's real. Um, and he has to encounter like the relaxed attitudes of the local police force that he is in charge of. And then as always seems to happen in these things, people are dropping dead constantly. Um, so he has to solve those murders. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. I think it's fairly uh, accessible. So if you do need a new napping show, that's a pretty good one. (laughs) Um, Then we have Flynn's brother, Burton Fisher, played by a 30-year-old Jack Rayner. His first credit was in 2000. Um, and he's been in a number of things, probably most recognizably, he was Florence Pugh's boyfriend in Midsummer. Yeah, I was, I was sort of recognizing him. And then 
but I and I looked him up and I was I was like I guess that's what it must be because there's nothing else. Yeah, I'll be recognizing him. From. I knew that it, once I saw, I was like, that has to be the only place I've ever seen this guy. Um, yeah, but also it was funny because like for at least maybe the first twenty minutes, I didn't recognize him at all, and then all of a sudden, I was like, wait a second, I've seen this guy before. Yeah. Like, um. I, feel I like don't they didn't know. Show his face full on right away, or maybe, maybe it was like, which is why a styling choice. Something like he didn't look quite the same to me as he did at Midsummer, and I couldn't tell you why because he still had short hair. Like you know, there wasn't much, yeah, styling wise that was terribly different. But something about it, it took me a minute for like me to be like, I've, I've seen this guy before. Yeah, totally. Um, but it looks like he, like so. You know, Chloe Grace Moretz, her career is great. We don't need to worry about her. Um, Jack Rayner <laughs> also looks like he's set to have maybe a bit of a launch pad in the next year or two, maybe. He's quite a, he's got quite a oh, lot you know of things what it coming is? down the track. Sorry, I'm looking at pictures from Midsummer right now. I think, and I don't mean this in any type of, like, judgmental way, he looks bigger in midsummer like he looks like beefier like beefier like like fat or beefier like he's worked out Mm, i'm not sure like i I guess i would i would say like he just looks like more (laughs) i can't think of great words that make it sound like not he looks huskier like mm. uh, definitely like rounder face, like a little bit okay. like man boob situation. <laughs> like, yeah. But it's not in a bad way. Like he doesn't look fat, but like he just is like in this one, he looks much more lean or cut or something. Yeah. And it does I, make I, him look different. Yeah. I can see what you mean. Like, um, no, I don't. I mean, he's clearly not fat in either case. No, um, and he's and he's attractive both ways. To be perfectly honest, in my opinion, like yeah. he's not unattractive in Midsummer. Like he is the lead. He's yeah. like the. But yeah, he's lead. got like maybe the way to say it is it looks like he's got sort of baby fat in Midsummer. Sort of, and then yeah, maybe he that is what doesn't it is. really have it in peripheral because as well when we get toward the end it's becomes clear that he and his buddies used to be um like in the military or something Mm. so like that's probably why he would have like that makes sense you know he had to look a little bit more worked out in this one yeah and like you know time passes we all yeah maybe Get a little bit. Yeah, maybe it more. is a baby fat type of thing. Yeah, because I'm looking. I'm looking back at pictures, and maybe it is just like he looks a a, a bit more grown up. Yeah, I think so. Mm. I mean, because anyway. that was yeah, because Midsummer was 2019. We're now to 2022. A few years, like, but yeah, I do think yeah. that's true in the in the fate the way aging works. <laughs> if you didn't know, <laughs> um, God damn it! You know, like yeah, the difference between. Well, yeah, because if Midsummer was 2019, he would have been 27, and then 30. Usually, I mean, it is true. People's metabolisms already start to slow down in that time, and then they start being like, oh, got to eat a little bit better, got to actually, like, work oh, out a bit harder, <laughs> you know, like, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it or could also just too, be like, that. Like, yeah, and I was going to say, like, his career got bigger, but if he's been working since he, 2000, I guess it's not so much that. Like, I could see, too... 
like you get a little bit more into that Hollywood world and unfortunately it sucks you into the diet culture and all of that. And like I said, it looks like he is on the cusp of potentially being, you know, a capital D, capital B, capital D, big deal, you know, um, (laughs) in the next couple years. So, so we'll see. Mm -hmm. Um, And then finally, we have a character that I primarily call the voice in this episode. Mm. Um, But it turns out the character's name is Ailida West. um, And she's played by a 41-year-old Charlotte Riley, another British actor. Um, In this case, uh, Charlotte Riley is the wife of Tom Hardy, in case anyone cares about that sort of backstory. Um, (laughs) And she's been in... I'm not quite sure I know who Tom Hardy is, but... Tom Hardy is a pretty famous British actor. Um, I'm trying to think what would have been perhaps, like, the most thing... Like, he played... Uh, oh. Oh, he's in Inception. Uh, yeah. I've seen him before, but I, I he looks like someone that's in movies I don't watch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's in a lot you know of I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's done a lot of action stuff. Yeah, he's in stuff. movies I don't Yeah, he's yeah. in movies I don't watch. I, I'm yeah. looking at his thing right now. It's all shit that I hate. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of action but, stuff. It's a lot of um yeah, I guess Mad action Max is, Fury Road. Yeah, I guess action is really the, Kirk. the Brett the better the the most appropriate way to say what he does. Yeah. Um, yeah. And but I recognize so, him. Yeah. So that's her her husband is him. Um, okay. And so she's been in a, a, some things, um, but not anything super kind of like Nothing, I would say, that really identifies her with any particular role. Um, mm-hmm. One of her longer gigs was as the character Arabella in the TV miniseries um, based on the book, all of the same name, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. I really loved that book, and I attempted to watch the miniseries, but the miniseries was like, I couldn't get into it. Um <laughs> But Arabella is one of the more main characters. So she's, like, been around, but um, nowhere mm. near to the degree as her husband, Oh, I think they've fine. both been in that show called Peaky Blinders, it looks oh, like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's how they met. Maybe. I do not know. Because um, this isn't really a celebrity gossip podcast, so sometimes I just point to, yeah, like, so-and-so got married it. to somebody, and then you're like, okay. <laughs> like, well, I'm moving on. Um... <laughs> So, uh, when we dive into the show itself, where we begin is with a Chiron that tells us that we're in London in the year 2099, Um, and uh, Wilf, we don't know his name at the moment, but Wilf is sitting on a park bench, and a dirty shoeless girl walks up to him. And they start talking. Why are people always dirty in the future? It does seem to be a thing that happens in the future. And I think, I don't know about in this future what this, like what this world is supposed to be like. But in my mind, often the reason I think that happens is because the implication is that water gets scarce. Mm. 
So the kind of yeah. bathing that we do so liberally now will not be as common. Oh, oh God. Yeah, it's rough because I, I really, like I really can't do bo. Like it's <laughs> so bad. That, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, we've talked about like apocalypse and like end of world stuff a lot, but like, can you imagine? Like, it, it, Sarah's Sarah goes down. It's like, oh, she didn't get eaten by a zombie. She didn't like you know, die of starvation. She's like, she just couldn't take the BO anymore. And she yeah. was like, I'm out. Yes. I I don't disagree with that possible outcome at all. <laughs> because, so that's the other thing. So like lately, and I guess it's because it's starting to get warm here in Melbourne. Like the, over the past week, I got into at least two different forms of public transportation where as soon as I walked in, I was like, who is that? Who is that from? That <laughs> is an offense to everyone in yeah. this train car, to everyone in this tram. Like, how can you go around like this? Because this is a, a complete breach of the social contract <laughs> that we are all a part of. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild, too, because I always wonder, like, when people smell bad, well, you know, and smell is like a pheromonal type of thing. So, like, do they smell themselves? Do they think they smell bad? Well, the do they thing have is, partners who think they smell bad, or some the, people like and, that smell? And also, I do understand that sometimes, especially on public transportation, unhoused people use that space right. as a place to hang out. And I get it, and to that, I am sympathetic. But often, I feel like some of the worst offenders of BO are not those people, but people who clearly have homes with showers in them. And I'm like, how yeah. can you get, and that is the question, I'm like, how can you get this bad and not some notice people are it? just smellier. Like, well, sure. I mean, some people are just, and I do think there are certain, like, this is going to sound weird too, but like I said with, like, the pheromonal thing, there are certain people's smells that I do think are more offensive to certain sure. noses, yes. right? Sure, yes, Where, sure. like, there's certain, uh, this is a weird thing to say, but, like, I know certain people <laughs> that I feel like I've known in my life where I'm like, I don't really like the way you smell. And it's not right. even that right. you smell, and I'm one to talk, like, but... <laughs> Like, I don't, there's not anything, it's not particularly BO. It's not that you, like, smell dirty. It's like, I don't like your, your, your way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I absolutely get it because I once, like, went on a first date with somebody and, oh, no. like, we did the obligatory, like, hello hug. You know, not everyone does that, but a lot of people are like, oh, hey, nice to meet you. Hug. And immediately, immediately. That's bad. That's a I, no. I That's was a like, big no. he's got a smell I don't like. And it wasn't B.O. It was like, he smells yeah. a way I don't like. Yeah. And it was terrible because yeah. we hadn't even, he was standing outside the doorway of the bar we were to meet. And I already knew it and was going like, nowhere. Like, no, this is a no. <laughs> Yeah, this is a no. And I, I mean, that's still a, had to go into the drink because I was like, well, like, maybe I'll get can, over like, this you smell, or gotta something. Go. <laughs> like, no. But it never No, that's worked. something. 
I, truly, because I do think, like, there's, uh, yeah, I just think, like, some people don't, there is something, like, really instinctual about it, like, that they, like, they, it doesn't work for you, yeah, I, yeah. I that would be a problem for me, too, like, if someone, yeah. Mm-hmm. If just their personal <laughs> odor was not one you enjoyed, yeah. then that would be bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. In this case, anyway. we don't know if this girl stinks. <laughs> we do know she is dirty looking, though. Um, Kids and she's generally don't have BO in the same they way. They generally don't. They, it's true. Um, and she's talking to Wilf, and we learn that for whatever reason, this small girl is somehow the key to saving the world. And that's all we know. Um, I will also say what was interesting about the depiction of this future, which we don't see much of this time in this episode, but in this park where they are, they have these like super massive statues that are like the size of a city building. Um, yeah, I was curious about those, which I don't know if that ever gets like explained as to why that's happening, but um, I did kind like of what's inside them. Yeah, I did kind of enjoy it, and I was like, maybe we need to get really? into the massive sculpture game, like as a people. That could be kind of fun. Um, I don't know. I thought they looked. I thought it made the city look aggressive. Well, I think that was the point, but like, I did kind of like it aesthetically in hmm. a way as well. Okay. Um, hmm. but so then. We cut to, with another Chiron, we're in the Blue Ridge Mountains of the United States in 2032. Um, Mm -hmm. And we are at the home of the Fishers, Flynn Burton and their mom. I don't recall the mom's name, but I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, What we do know about this family is that the mom is sick. It's unclear precisely with what. Um, she's taking some kind of pain medication. Um, she's taking a lot of medication, I think, isn't she? Yeah, it's a lot of different stuff, but I guess in my mind, for whatever reason, I assumed that it was a pain medication that that she was primarily after, but I I don't know for sure. Um. Yeah, no, I'm sure you're probably right. And Flynn does seem to be the primary caregiver for their mom, Um, Like, later on, we see her bathing her and, like, putting her to bed and various things. Mm -hmm. Um, So, as we might imagine, when a young person gets kind of put into that caregiving role, it's not that they despise their parent, um, but I, like, Flynn clearly has some issues and resentments around this state of affairs, because she, at the start, she's under the impression that Burton, her brother, is stealing her mom's medication. Um, mm-hmm. And she accuses him of such. Um, and it's not really, it's revealed in the end that that isn't the case. That in fact, her brother has been giving his own medication to the mom. Um, Burton, it turns out, he, the way he makes money, and it's unclear to me, I guess, well, no. Burton makes money by being this avatar in video games, and Flynn makes money by working at the 3D print shop, mm, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, oh yeah, so it turns out that, yeah, jobs-wise, Burton plays as an avatar 
Um, and as you'll see here that I described it in the outline as he plays an avatar for rich assholes who are bad at games. Um, <laughs> and specifically, this is interesting. So sometimes Flynn will take over his avatar for various different reasons. And in fact, Flynn is actually better than he is at different games. Um, but what we learn, I think it's in this scene, what we learn is that when she plays as herself, when people know that she's a woman, I think it doesn't matter what her avatar is, but when they know that it's a woman behind the avatar, she doesn't get hired and she doesn't make money. But Flynn does make money, does uh, get like the reputation to command a certain price. Um, and I wonder, though they don't say this. Bullshit. <laughs> well, it's it's sexism for sure, but I also wonder if it's partially because he is this milit former military guy as well. Oh, um, mm, if that okay. like you know is part of the reason why he's perceived mm, as that being could be his part of his extra. Yeah. Um, mm. Then we follow Flynn to her job at the three D print shop, um, where we interact with some of her coworkers, Edward and Macon. And we see, I think, the person who's supposed to be her best friend, Billy Ann. Um, and Billy Ann? Yeah, she was only there. She was the one who would, like, talk to her about her crush on the local oh, sheriff. Oh, right. Oh, right. I yeah. kind of like that name, but it's very Southern. <laughs> it's super Southern. And I, when I first heard them say Billy Ann, I thought it would have been spelled Billy with an I-E. Um, but it's yeah. actually Billy with a Y. Um, like well, the adjustment I, I, he, I would make to Billy Ann, I would be Billy with an I-E and then Ann with an E rather than how nice. I agree it. with that. Yeah, I think that looks better uh, aesthetically. I agree. But the thing that also gets me tripped up in shows like this or just in general is they said Blue Ridge Mountains and then they all had like southern accents. So I was trying to figure out where they were. It's the like, it's the Appalachian part of the world. So it is like right around where Isaac's from and stuff like that whole Well, that's what I was trying Well, right. I that's what I was trying to figure out cuz like Blue Ridge Mountains is in Tennessee, but it also like stretches down into Right. Right. It goes parts as of like Georgia, uh, Alabama, I think. Right. No, cuz I looked it up as well. It does go deep into Alabama. Um, I think they were supposed to be in Alabama to tell you the truth because because also at one point the sheriff, when the sheriff goes by, it says some type of county on his thing. And I tried to look it up and see if that was real. And well, I right. Say it was no. In Alabama. Well, it wasn't real because I did the exact, we clearly had the same set of oh. patterns because the sheriff's oh. car said Clanton County. And there is yeah. no Clanton County in the U.S. Oh, okay. But there is a Clanton, Alabama, but it's like way further okay, down. That's than where okay, like, that is, the Blue Ridge yeah, Mountains you're right. are. You're right. That was the research I did, and then I was confused, and then I was like, okay, I'm over it. <laughs> I, don't know, I, don't I mean, the there's, there was no further breadcrumbs to follow, but, um, yeah, like, so, or at least when I was looking, I to me it looked like Clanton was not part of the Blue Ridge Mountain range. I, I think that's um, what I saw, like too, it was and too I was far, It seemed like it was too far south. At that point. Yes. Um, yes. But yeah, like they, I don't know that they necessarily sound like they're from Tennessee, but they don't really sound to me like they're from Georgia either. You know, like they could be maybe because yeah. like the Blue Ridge Mountains also do the Carolinas. So it could be somewhere in the Carolinas mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, they all have a little bit of a twang, a little bit of a something. Um, yeah, and that's and she's oh, it's the, oh, uh, Chloe Grace Martz is from George, is from Atlanta. So, oh, okay, okay. okay. I, um, I I knew she was good at that for a reason. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so in the print shop, Flynn receives a package that's meant for Burton. Um, and it's identified as coming from a company called Milagros Cold Iron, um, which is housed in Bogota, Colombia. So mm. her coworkers joke, well, not even joke, they're actually quite kind of serious about like, is this coming from a cartel? Like, <laughs> it's going to your brother. This seems serious. Um, mm. When... Uh, and they've opened the package and they see that it's this kind of weird headset thing, but they don't really know mm-hmm. what it is. Um, back at the house, uh, Burton kind of walks Flynn through this headset and he says that he has been paid by Milagro's cold iron to beta test the headset. And he was like, but actually the person who needs to beta test it is you. And she's like, but why? And he's like, well, because to even qualify for the beta testing, you had to get to like level 100 on some game or whatever. And he, and he was like, my avatar has gotten to level 100, but it was mm. when you were in the avatar, right? So boom, bitch. Um, so it has to be you to test this special mm. like headset get up. Um, and... The longer that she will stay in the simulation, the longer that she tests it, the more that the family will be paid, which, of course, they need cash for this sick mom who... I love the way you wrote this. It says, just like the way that this is written, says the longer she stays in the simulation, the more she'll be paid, parentheses, sick mom. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you need a reminder. Um, yeah, no, and so, um, so that is what's happening here. Cause as well, I think it's, yeah, somewhere around here, we also learned that the pills that she's regularly taking cost a thousand dollars a pill. And it's like, that is Jesus insanity. Christ. Like, um, but again, and are we supposed to, we're supposed to believe she's taking more than one of those per day. I assumed that those ones she took just one, that was a day, a one day, and then she had other mm-hmm. pills. But like that, but that 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 one fucking pill was like the most important one somehow. Like I don't. Really... I'd be very curious what that is. Well, they call it Tamazine or Tamazine at one point, but Did I, you look again, up that, if that's a real thing, I didn't look it up to see if it's oh. a real thing. Um, I can do it right now and see if it's a real thing. Well, I'm curious, Tamazine. too. I doubt it because Tamazine? I don't remember how they spelled it. Um, Tamazine pill. What is Tamazine used for? To relieve the symptoms of an enlarged prostate gland such – I don't know if this is right, but prostate gland such as difficulty in urination and increased frequency of urination in men. Oh. No, that doesn't seem right. That can't um, be right. Hold on. Interesting. I don't know how they spelled it. I can't remember. It might be not real. No, I don't think it is actually. Um, but I did find this like um, episode. Uh, 
What's the word? Some summary. Oh, wait, um, this might be... Oh. There's something called tamoxifen. Yeah, I, yeah it sounds like I it's don't a prostate think it's, thing. The I one that I keep finding is like a prostate no, thing. No, I don't think it's a real um, thing. Although there is something called tamazepam, which is used for insomnia. But I don't get the uh, impression that... I'm sure that, that's not... What, yeah, yeah that, this woman doesn't seem that, to be having a problem with sleeping. Um, I don't think that was what she was sick with was insomnia. No. Well, because eventually we learn that she is blind. But again, I don't mm. know that that drug, like, I don't know that that drug helps with blindness or conditions related to blindness per se. You know, so, I might I might have, like, a hot take here or something that's, like, not really PC and not to be offensive. But... If it, if you need, mm, probably a lot of people wouldn't agree with this, but I'll say it. If you need a pill that is $1,000 and you need it every day to sustain life. Mm, it's rough. I'll say that. <laughs> I won't finish the sentence, but I have thoughts. No, I mean, but that's, I think what I was going to say is like, I think that that, is a semi-realistic depiction of the future in the United States because it's already true in the U.S. that there are certain drugs and procedures and things that are inordinately expensive and are actually necessary for daily life and functioning. Like um, insulin, for example, is something. That's true. Um, So I bet there probably is something that already exists in the U.S. that is, if you had to pay outright, it would probably cost $1,000 a day to have whatever thing it was. And you would need it to survive. And then, I mean, and that's the whole point, is like, especially if we're to kind of follow the trajectories of the way things are working in the U.S., the Blue Ridge Mountains, like, there are no jobs there. Like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. So, and so the very idea that you would have health insurance that would, like, mitigate the cost, like, you know, now surely health insurance would cost less than $1,000 a day, but... um, You would hope. (laughs) I mean, then it's like, what are we even doing here? But... um, (laughs) But then again, maybe they do have health insurance and she, this woman has been denied coverage for that particular thing. You know, like there's all kinds of different yeah. ways that this could be yeah. happening. Um, yeah. So that's the, but they're, I guess the point is. They but they need in, the money. <laughs> they are in deep financial strain and stress. And so yeah. as with most people, they're willing to do things that perhaps somebody else wouldn't do. Because we don't actually, right. like, I mean, Flynn puts this thing on her head and not, neither one of them, like, she, she could go brain dead immediately. Like, they don't even have I mean, any idea of what's going to happen. Right. Like, the thing that he, like, the look of it, just to, like, give people an idea, is, like, when they show them doing earlier VR, like, in the earlier scenes, it's, like, almost like a sunglasses Yeah, Yeah, it um, looks very similar to this rig you would have now if you were doing a VR thing. Yeah, and this new one that she gets looks more like you put a spider on your... Or more like you put... Um, uh, what are those things? Like, um, a Google Glass. I, yeah, or like, what, what do they call them? Like, when they put... It's almost like when you get... 
God, I don't even know. Like a brain scan or something. Yeah. They put, like, yeah, wires. Yeah. Like, I don't know what that, like. Yeah, uh, that little, like, cap with all the things in it. Yeah, something like that. And it looks more spidery and, like, it could. I got nervous because it reminded me sort of of, like, when in, like, the Spider-Man <laughs> world, mm-hmm. Dr. Octopus, like, gets that thing in his neck and it, like, molds oh, to himself yeah, and then yeah, makes yeah, him yeah, the yeah. octopus. <laughs> that yeah, type of yeah. thing. That type yeah. of vibe where it could, yeah, like, yeah. mess up and become part of your head. Yeah. So it's concerning. Yeah. And they, she just slaps it on, counts back from 10, and then she is on a motorcycle in London in the in Burton's body. Um, so weird. And what she says is that the sim feels, it genuinely feels like she's there. Um, Mm -hmm. And as she's on this motorcycle zipping through downtown London, a voice comes through and starts instructing her on what she needs to do. And so she drives to um, Buckingham Palace, which we learn, the voice even says it's not really what you remember it being anymore and I assume that if we were to go further in the show we would learn what it is um but Burton slash Flynn uh drives to the side entrance to go to a party um where the party is for something called the Research Institute um and it's like their company party or something um Mm -hmm. and this voice instructs Burton slash Flynn to flirt with a woman um, who eventually we learn is called Marielle. Um, And there was a cool effect here where um, they're in this like fairly busy room with a lot of like chatter and sound. And then Marielle like waves her finger. It looks like she has some sort of maybe like it, it looks like a ring, but it's clearly a device where when she waves her finger around, she creates, like, a sphere of silence around herself and Burton. So I they wish can, I like, could do that. I know. That seems like... I would also like it to be, like, also, like, a sphere of invisibility where I'm, like, we're not actually invisible, but no one notices we're there kind of thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and you have the control of, like, when it's, uh, like, when you want it, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So, like, oh, sometimes I want to be like out and seen or I want to hear the people around me but sometimes it's like shut out all this other bullshit right right um yeah so they they do a bit of flirting and the voice has told Burton slash Flynn that she has to get this woman to go away with her so like that is what happens um Mm -hmm. when they get into Mariel's fancy car she and Burton slash Flynn start making out Um, but the voice has told her, like, you need to, I don't know if it's actually chloroform, but it is like a drug that's meant to knock out Marielle. Mm -hmm. And since Marielle has a Android bot driver, like the voice is like, it will attack if it senses anything kind of like untoward happening. Yeah. Um, also, did you, what did you think of how... Uh, robots slash androids were depicted in this. Do you remember how they had those weird heads that were like made of little triangles? Yeah, well, they and but then sometimes they just looked like they were smooth, like they were yeah, they like could change mannequins, somehow. sort yeah. of yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know how, how I like that. I liked, well, I'll say this. I thought the effect was cool. It looked cool. Yes. Particularly the ones where they were made of little triangles. There was like space between the little triangles. So you could see like the emptiness between <laughs> the triangles. Like sure. similar yeah, to yeah, how, yeah. similar to how in Hollow Man when he wore that pink mask thing and you could see inside <laughs> of it that it was empty. Right, right, right. It was like similar to that for these ones as well. Yeah. I will say, I don't know, and this is the direction we're moving in terms of, like, self-driving cars and that kind of thing. I don't know that I will be comfortable with a being driving me that didn't have eyeballs. (laughs) Well, yeah, I would almost... I don't know. I would almost rather the car drive itself rather than have a bot with... Yeah, because none of them have eyes. So, like, yeah, that somehow, because it's vaguely anthropomorphic in shape, right. I'm like, this is weird. Whereas if it's it creepier. Just, if the car just drove itself, I'd be like, I've also got yeah. concerns about that, but like, it's less, <laughs> it's less somehow. Yes. Um, it seems more like the car would, would or could protect itself. Right. Right. But, uh, but, uh, third-party bot of some kind that clearly does, like, I mean, at, I don't know, are we getting there in a second, but, like, the bot does start to attack him, and it affects his driving. Well, yeah. the driving. Well, yeah. So that is, so as soon as Burton slash Flynn is able to chloroform Marielle, the bot starts attacking. And you're right that, like, And that's also kind of interesting, too, is, like, in this future, we have these incredibly advanced androids or whatever. I guess they're called androids when they're shaped a bit like a person. So it's an incredibly advanced android. And, like, we've already seen them do a lot of crazy things. (laughs) And, And then, but somehow we have that, but, like, the car doesn't drive itself. That's weird. Like, that's a weird vision of the future. Um, and then you're right that when they start fighting, so Burton slash Flynn is fighting against the android and because they're fighting in a car, the car is going all over the road, various things are happening. Um, but eventually Burton slash Flynn neutralizes the android and drives to a location to drop Marielle off with a woman, the woman who then reveals herself to be the voice that Burton has been hearing this whole time. Um, and that mm-hmm. is Elita West. The simulation ends. Back at um, their home in the Blue Ridge Mountains, Flynn talks with Burton about her experience, and she's like, this thing was wild. It was, like, absolutely real to me. Um And Burton was like, well, you've done a good job because we've just already gotten another offer, you know, and we're going to get even more money this time. Mm. But But we also see that this experience has some damaging effects in the real world because initially Flynn has trouble standing up after she gets out of the sim. Oh, right. Um... Then we have a scene where Flynn has gone to the local bar to buy her mom the $1,000 pill that she needs to get from some crime guys. 
Um, and I think really what we need, this is not important to this episode, but I think the point of this is to set up some conflict in the present in the Blue Ridge Mountains in the form of this guy, Corbell Pickett, and his gang of thugs. That's really kind of what we need to know from this. Um, the next time uh, Flynn goes into the sim, she wakes up in um, an operating room um, where Burton slash Flynn has been attached and uh, strapped down to an operating table. Um, mm-hmm. And the voice sort of calms him, but is also like, you, because immediately Flynn tries to get out of the sim, but uh, the voice is like, well, I've disabled those controls. You, you'll leave when I say you can leave. Um, Rough. <laughs> yeah, not great. Um, and then what we learn, and this was a rough scene. I really could barely watch it. Um, the voice explains that Burton slash Flinton's eye is going to be ripped out <sighs> to be replaced with the eye taken from Marielle. Um, and I didn't even really get that in the moment of the scene because they were yeah. already pulling open Burton's eye and like grabbing it out. And I was like, I can't even process uh. what's being said because I don't like eye stuff at all. Like, um, no. And I've seen now two shows this week where I have to look at like a stray eyeball and I don't know why. What was the second show? Oh, okay. Well, I watched a movie. I didn't even finish it, but I might go finish it at some point. It's a movie called The Midnight Meat Train. Oh, Jesus and, Christ. Um, <laughs> and it's just like a crazy horror movie where this guy like slaughters people on the train and they're very brutal kills. They're sure. kind of, they're a little I bit mean, cartoony. And it the, was and the called one with the Midnight. Out was cart- yeah. I mean, it was called Midnight Meat Train. So I get yeah. it. Like, um, yeah. In this case, the voice explains. For whatever reason, like that anesthesia is not going to be administered in the sim, that the whole part of the whole point of this is to challenge Burton slash Flynn. And like the voice says, like, this isn't really happening to you. So it shouldn't matter that you need aesthetic, you know, like you should just learn to calm your mind and your body because your mind and your body are somewhere else. Like, this isn't happening to you. You know, if someone said that to me, I would really, really struggle not to tell them to go fuck themselves. Well, <laughs> like, if if they were like, just just calm down. Like, well, just control we all your mind know. here. We all know that the phrase, just calm down, only enrages everyone. <laughs> um, right. It does the opposite of what you think it's going to do. But, like, yeah. to me, what's interesting about this is, like, kind of the gaslighty quality of it, which is, like, mm-hmm. it, this isn't really, this pain is not something you're really experiencing, even though the whole yeah. point of The Sim is that you are experiencing it. It's simulating you know, like, pain, right. Yeah. Um, it's already been shown that, like, every other kind of, um, and, in fact, I'm now remembering in the first version of The Sim, 
the first time Flynn goes in, the voice explains, like, you will feel pain. Like, this is just, right. you and know, also, part of it. Right, and also, like, right, well, the whole, the whole thing, the definition, the, the, the definition of simulation is, um, I'm trying to look it up so I can, like, um, Okay, well, these are not good definitions <laughs> that help my these these this definition doesn't help my my cause. But the point the point is that it's meant to approximate. It's meant to be the same thing as if it were really happening. Right, right. Now, in Flynn's case, it does seem like she is able to master her bodily functions, like bring down her heart rate, do all these things. Mm-hmm. And I think again. The point of this is that we're going to see that become important later. But, like, right now, it's yeah. just, like, this thing that's, like, sucky. So then when Burton slash Finn wakes up again in the simulation, uh, he is now being tasked with a new mission with this new eyeball in his eye. Mm. And it is Marielle's eyeball because she works in this building that they go into and so they needed her eyeball and somebody's body to do this mission. Um, mm-hmm. And this is when he officially, well, no, I guess he already had met the voice lady. So they're together. They go down and down and down in an elevator. And when they get to the very bottom of the basement of this building, they get to a room that's got like water coming down from the ceiling. I don't really understand why. And then there's like a big triangle like pyramid really like hanging down from the ceiling and the woman who is the voice shoves Burton slash Flynn's other eye the non-modified eye up to this pyramid where a different light shoots into that that also seems to cause pain I'm unclear why this needs to happen no sooner does this happen than a guard shows up and fights with both the voice lady, and Burton slash Flynn. And in the process of this attack, at one point, Burton slash Flynn gets uh, his arms put in zip ties behind his back, Mm -hmm. and he struggles and struggles against them and pulls a hand out of the zip tie. And then what does that reveal? That his hand is a robot. Yes, it's a mechanical hand. A mechanical hand. Underneath Burton slash Flynn's skin. Um, The guard continues to attack, and basically the simulation ends at that point, to which Flynn wakes up back in the Blue Ridge Mountains, kind of stumbles out of her rig and starts puking, and she tells Burton that she's never going in that sim again. Um, Fair. Yeah. The next day, Billy Ann has come over, and that's she's come over because, like, um, Flynn has called sick out of work. She's not going in. And mm-hmm. um, Flynn explains to her that she's got, like, this weird feeling about that particular simulation. She was like, it was already a simulation. Why was there this, like, weird mechanical hand thing happening? Yeah. Um, that seems like a hat on a hat, basically. Um <laughs> And um, so for Flynn, for whatever reason, she feels like 
that she wasn't in a sim. That in fact, like because of just how real the sim felt and because of this mechanical hand thing, she's like, I think I somehow was in a different place. Um, mm -hmm. That was real, you know, and I was there. Billy Ann, of course, is like, well, you, you've been my best friend forever, but you sure seem nuts right now. I guess that's fine. <laughs> um, the final moments of the show uh, show us first Flynn is over at her 3D print shop job again, and she receives a phone call from Milagros Cold Iron. So that's the company that sent the headset. Um, mm -hmm. And it's Wilf calling her saying, there are people on the way who are going to kill you. Um, That's not a fun phone call. <laughs> no, she clearly thinks this is some kind of joke or a scam or a something. She hangs up on him. He keeps trying to get in touch with her because basically what he says is like, the only way I can protect you is if you come back into the sim, which she doesn't want to do. Um, Whoa. Oh, I maybe missed this part. Yeah, because um, so she says, no way. She hangs up. Then he starts contacting her through the 3D printer screens and saying, aye, aye, aye. like, um, there's a $9 million bounty out on you on the dark web. People are coming. Like, I can help you, but you have to go back in the sim. And, and she, so then she runs away. That's terrifying. Yeah. She runs away from the print shop. She goes back to her house. Back at the house, uh, Burton and his other war buddies are there. And she tells them, she's like, hey, guys, like, I just got told this thing about how my name's out on the dark web, how somebody's coming to get me. And they're all like, no, that's like. They laugh at her. They're like, that's got to be a joke. There's no way. Um, but then they're playing with their drones. Again, this is quite of the now because men play with drones now. They buy them at the store and then they're like, now I'm going to like <laughs> spy on my neighbors or some fun shit. Um, and so uh, they start playing with these drones. And in the process of that, I guess one of the drones maybe must have some sort of surveillance tech on it or something because, especially because these guys are all military guys, one of them is like, yeah. there are people out in the woods. Again, they're, they're surrounding the house. This, I guess, probably flames. Terrifying. And that's it. That's where the show ends. Terrifying. Um, indeed. Indeed. I would not feel good about it. Um, so, yawns and eye rolls. Four yawns. Mm -hmm. One yawn is, um, I was really into this. And ten yawns is, I was very much not into this. What would you give it? I would say, like, probably a solid three. Oh, like, good. I was good. Not, not into it, but I wasn't like, this is my favorite. <laughs> sure. I think um, I might. Oh, go on. No, no, no. It had elements that I was into. It definitely like it lost me in in some bits, but but yeah, I was yeah, 3. Yeah. Cuz this one was pretty long, right? The long thing. Yes, I forgot to complain about that. Um it was a little long. It was an hour and 12 minutes or so. Yeah. And yeah. um for for a TV episode that's long. I know we've done like the Black Mirror episode was long like that too. 
Um, that one was more like 90 minutes, I want to say. <laughs> I know, I know. And for some reason, I, I mean, and time is relative, I guess, to how much you are enjoying something. But for me, I do feel like this is long for a TV episode. Yeah, agreed. I mean, that being said, I think that's probably my only main complaint. So I would give it a two yeah. for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did, for all that it, and what's kind of wild too, and we've talked about this before recently, like this outline is three pages. It's one of the shortest outlines I've ever done. And yet mm-hmm. it used its time well, I would say. Like, yes. Um, even though I would it have liked feel slow. it. It didn't yeah, feel slow. I would have liked yeah. it if it had been closer to 60 minutes or even 50. But like, yeah. Yeah. it used its time well for the fact that seemingly very little happened. Um, right. So that is good. In terms of eye rolls, and this is bad because we were talking about eyes being gouged out, and now I'm like, keep them in your head. <laughs> Don't let them roll anywhere. Um, but like, so eye rolls is, one eye roll is perfect world building, seamless. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> 10 eye rolls is like, uh, this is nothing. This it does not hang together, and I can't get mm. a read on anything. What would you give it? Hmm. Uh, this is a little tough for me because there uh, there was a, a part of me that didn't understand this world, but I definitely took that on as my own problem <laughs> um, <laughs> and not the show itself or anything that they did. Well, and in um, fairness to you, I think the point of this show is to slowly reveal information what exactly rather than to like give you the whole setup straight away right and that's I mean that's better storytelling anyway probably right like exposition people like to make fun of so if it's too much like hi welcome to our world this is how it works I get it but I do sort of like that (laughs) well yeah we Um, haven't had a quality title card in a while (laughs) it's true I could have used a little one here, but um, <laughs> yeah, I guess eye rolls wise, like maybe because I didn't fully get it, but it was also like, maybe I'd say five just because I'm not really sure. quite sure. Um, it was an interesting world. It is a world I would hate though, because I, I don't <laughs> want any part of the, the simulation thing. And if that's like a way to make money and then you do it and then you're in danger. Like all of that is unappealing to me. So I personally would not want to live in this world. Yeah. I don't want to live it in either, but I do think I would give it probably. Yeah. Since there's still more to be revealed, I think I'll give it a three in terms of Mm -hmm. its world building because it could get wackier later. But what I saw seemed pretty fine like pretty complete mm-hmm. pretty well thought out um I guess mm-hmm. especially because we were in the world of only about 10 years from now so like that right. part we've talked about this before super crazy like, yeah we can make some assessments based on where we're tracking to imagine where we might go in the next 10 years yeah um yeah so in that sense I thought it was very well kind of executed. And I do like, Mm -hmm. I will say, yeah, in terms of story building and world building, I do like a pilot episode that like doesn't introduce me to too many characters. 
Um, yes. And doesn't kind of set up too many things all at once. It's just like, yes. okay, we've got this girl Hello, and her Game brother. Yeah, it's like we've got this girl and her brother. Eventually the drug thing will come into play, but this episode is in, is only barely touching that part of the story. Right, and it sets a bunch of stuff up, but it doesn't, like, linger on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, and yeah, I guess, yeah, to, to speak to this notion of world building, I think that's really kind of the point is, like, for me, the mm-hmm. style of world building that works best is when, you're re- when you, a new thing is revealed, it makes sense with what has already existed, but it's not, like, smashing out like here's everything all at once which I do think is kind of like the Game of Thrones approach is like totally uh here's this onslaught of information of what this world is and and in that case it didn't work for me like uh, that show is like I said I like a lot of exposition I like that but like that show it's overload it's like brain cannot compute this amount of information in people like, yeah, I mean, this isn't the harangue on Game of Thrones podcast because, one, we're quite late to that yes, party. Yes, it is. <laughs> we're quite late to that party. <laughs> um, but, I w- yeah, I guess I would say, like, there's nothing wrong with having worlds that are really quite complex and highly developed. And it's like, oh, we've got, like, you know, this many different countries we need to be aware of. And then there's, like, all the That's fine. If you want to do that, that's right. absolutely fine. But I need kind of a lot more supportive work done to get through that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Which I guess is also the thing of like the the difficulties bound up in taking a book and turning it into a visual medium. Um, Yes. Because books allow you time to do some of that stuff that in the visual realm you can't do. Which, again, I guess speaks to the goodness of this show or the execution of this pilot, which is this is based on a book. And yet we, I guess because it's one book spread across, I think, eight episodes, they actually have the time to (laughs) to. To build, build it out more slowly. So, like, I mm-hmm. assume, I assume, I've not even watched it. I assume by the end, there are probably quite a lot of characters and quite a lot of crazy shit happening. But, like, you've worked up to it, so you actually have a chance of knowing who, like, what people's names are and, like, what's yeah, totally. happening. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, sure. So, finally, did you like this and would you recommend it? Um... Yeah, I liked it fine. Um, cool, cool. Definitely not something I would seek out or know about on my own. So, yeah, I liked it fine. Um, would I recommend it? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, again, not really like the type of thing I would recommend or the genre I would ever recommend. But Chloe Grace Moretz, I'm a fan. So I would be like, if you like her sure try it out if you like the dude from midsummer try it out if you like vr maybe try it out like there's some pieces for like different folks so yeah i guess i would yeah i would say that i liked this and i would also recommend it um certainly like when the episode cut off in the midst of this like imminent attack i was like oh shit do i need to watch another episode right now but then i was like (laughs) 
it's kind of late. I'm not going to. Um, yeah, I didn't know. See, I didn't know to be to be fully like to be really truthful. I didn't have that response. I mean, it was also like late and also time for me to go to bed. But like, sure. I very much whenever again whenever it's like shows for the podcast, I'm like and over and done. Did yeah. job done. <laughs> um, <laughs> but. But yeah, I could see how it would be gripping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in another so, circumstance. And another thing to recommend it is it's super accessible on Prime, and so yes, like that's another in its favor sort of thing. Yes. Um, so overall, pretty good. I would say, especially in terms of the TV episodes we've watched of late, this might be one of the better performing ones we've done in a while. Yes. So. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not like actively angry at you or like wanting to like poke out my own eyeballs. Right. You know. So, so success. That's all I can say is I feel <laughs> like I did a good job picking yes. this week. So that's great. This one um, was fair enough. Well, and on that high note, we would like to thank you for listening as always. I'm Sarah, this is Amy, and we will see you next week in space. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in Space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.